Welcome back to 110 Lessons for Life from the teachings of the Commander of the Faithful, Imam Ali. May God's peace and blessings be upon him. Today we want to focus on Ali in the words of Ali. Now we know that when within the religion of Islam and the ethics and the moral teachings, it's never good or praiseworthy to talk about yourself to praise yourself, to describe yourself. This is a trait which is never recommended to be done. But we have to understand two different reasons or rationale why this is done and how this is done. Sometimes, for example, you may go and meet somebody, a friend of yours, and you know who the person is. You know, let's say that they're a religious scholar, or they're a medical professional, or they're an engineer or an accountant, and you're sitting there talking to them, and rather than talking about you know, general issues and, and, and you know, things that are happening, they begin to brag and boast about who they are, their accolades, their scholarship, their level of study, the number of degrees they have, the number of books they've published, the number of journals they've been featured in, the number of lectures they've delivered around the world. You know all of these things and they're only doing that. They're only explaining themselves to you or to others just to brag about who they are. No, sometimes, however, you are talking to somebody and they'll tell you, for example, well, yeah, I'm a doctor or I'm a religious scholar and I have expertise in a certain field of medicine or of religious studies. Um, I've done you know, specific studies in a particular area. So if you need any help or assistance, I'm there to help. I'm there to give you guidance. I'm there to provide some support if you need assistance. This second level is not uh, discouraged within religion, within Islam. Actually, it's very well normal for this to happen and is not something which is uh, frowned upon. Such a way to introduce ourselves is not a form of, proud, of being proud or boasting or arrogance. Rather, it's being done to simply inform the other individual of who you are and that your services are available and these are the qualifications that you have. These traditions that we have from the commander of the faithful and others of the Ahlul Bayt are in this same light. So before we go on, let us look at what the commander of the faithful has to say, and then we'll come back and understand Ali in the words of Ali. He says the following, I am among you like a lamp in the darkness. Whoever enters into the light which it casts will be lit from it. As the commander of the faithful shows us in this tradition, he's not boasting about himself. He's pointing to a reality where if you are looking for light, if you're looking to be guided to God, if you're looking for salvation of this world and the world to come, then He has the light. He is that light. He is that path towards salvation. He's not bragging or boasting. This is a reality. And this is a reality which no Muslim today in the world can deny. Because when the Prophet talked about the two things which he leaves behind for salvation, he said the Qur'an and the Ahlul Bayt are the two which will never separate from one another. And Ali, peace be upon him, is of the members of the Ahlul Bayt. And so he becomes one of the two that we are ob obligated to follow. If we follow his light, if we follow his teachings, his guidance, we will not go astray. Two important points, however, that we need to reflect upon, that this hadith shows us. One is the individual who's doing the guiding. And number two is the ability for people to actually benefit from that light. It's one thing to have an, an imam like Ali, peace be upon him, shine his light upon the world for us to be guided through and to and with and by that light. 
That's important, is to have that light available. But more important than that is for the ability for the individuals to benefit from that light, to go into that light, to walk towards that light, to benefit from it. What good is it if the light is there, but people don't make use of it? Right? Look at the world we live in today. What, everything revolves around this same principle. You have technology available. You have, for example, uh, you know, the street lights in our cities that shine light on the road at the nighttime. But the only way a person can benefit from that light is if they have their eyes open. If you're riding or walking around with your eyes shut, the light won't benefit you. The light will still be there to give light. But you do not have the, bene- the energy or the, you don't have the means to benefit from it because you have your eyes closed. Or for example, somebody who is blind, who cannot see, they cannot benefit from that light. The light will be there, but they cannot benefit from it. And we see this with many things of technology today, that the gadget is there, the technology is there, but if you cannot use it, then there obviously is no benefit you are not able to benefit from it. It's not the fault of that technology, it is your fault. Similar is the case with Imam Ali, peace be upon him. He is the way to God. He is the ultimate signpost that leads us to God. But if we want to be blind, we want to remain in our state of ignorance, of rejecting him, of leaving him as number four, as not taking him as the successor to the messenger immediately after his death, and we look at him as another companion of the Prophet, rather than somebody who becomes the measuring stick of faith and hypocrisy, one who becomes the scales on the day of judgment, one who becomes the path that we need to follow, then we will not be able to benefit from his light. We will be like that person who is walking, but their eyes are shut. We won't benefit from the light, although it is there for all of us to benefit from. So yes, the light shines, But we have to be ready and receptive to accept that light within our lives, to truly benefit from it. You know, when we look at it from the religious perspective, free of any kinds of, uh, you know, preconceived notions or uh, discrimination against anybody of any group, when we look at the Qur'an, we see that this is a reality with many of the people that came before us. Many previous traditions and all of their prophets, the 124,000 prophets that came, There were people around them who saw that light that they gave and they accepted their message. But then at the same time, we know that many prophets had their adversaries, their opponents, their foes, that didn't follow the message, that saw the light, but didn't accept it, that died in a state of disbelief. The Qur'an points us to this in Surah Al-Baqarah, where in the beginning, where Allah talks about the Qur'an being a guidance for the pious, Allah talks about the believers, the disbelievers, the hypocrites. So we see even in the Qur'an in previous generations and as a universal tradition of God that people are always given light, but whether they accept it or not is their own, uh, their own choice, right? They're not forced or compelled to believe, nor are they forced or compelled to disbelieve. Not only the time of the previous prophets, but even at the time of the Messenger of God, and at the time of the commander of the faithful, people are obviously of the same. And as we conclude, the one last point that we realize is that this ability to accept the light, right? the ability to benefit from the light, obviously is dependent on many different factors. Some of them are intrinsic to us, and some can be further developed. Again, a brief example before I go into the explanation, 
is when you're outside in the middle of the summer and the sun is bearing down. And it's so bright outside that we put on sunglasses to reduce the intensity of the sun. Now, if we look at that same example in the spiritual world, we look at the sun as being Amirul Mu'mineen and the teachings that he has given, which are the teachings of the Prophet, which are the teachings of the Quran. And those sunglasses are the sins that we perform. Or let's say, first of all, the ability to take in these teachings. Sometimes we reduce our ability to take in the teachings to benefit from the light due to our own actions, our own sins. Right? We are given a level of, of, of comprehension of what we can, what we can uh, accept in terms of spiritual teachings. There is a level which we are given at birth. But then there's a level we can also attain on our own through our own efforts, through our uh, asking forgiveness, through our levels of attaining taqwa, closeness to Allah, through working on the spirit. On, on the working on the spirit. And so just as somebody would wear sunglasses to reduce the intensity of the sun, Sometimes we, we, we try to, or we intentionally or unintentionally reduce the spiritual rays of Islam. And if we want to maximum, have a maximum benefit from this religion and the teachings, especially of the commander of the faithful, we need to reduce our sins, practice asking God for forgiveness and work at the spiritual heart to allow it to accept more and more of the teachings of the Prophet and his noble family. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.